on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. We economists tend to focus on sometimes the negatives, and the negatives coming out of it was a lot of inflationary pressures, but also supply bottlenecks and labor shortages. There's strong optimism for the Midwest economy, but watch out for inflation. Another ransomware attack, this time affecting some important Iowa operations. And we'll tell you about an upscale hotel that is also a teaching facility. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of June 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The latest Mid-America Business Conditions Survey was released as this month of June began, and for the 12th straight month, the survey was in vigorous growth territory, down slightly from the month before, but that had been an all-time record. Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss oversees the survey, and I asked him if, despite the overall optimism, increasing inflation was a concern. It is a ticking time bomb. Of course, this is our survey of manufacturing supply managers in nine states, including Iowa and Nebraska. The overall index, much like the national number, is surging, but there are factors, warning signals there about uh, inflation's up. We had our inflation gauge as a wholesale inflation gauge is at a record high, and that's much like the national number. And, and what we're seeing also is a supply of bottlenecks. And so we economists tend to focus on sometimes the negatives and the negatives coming out of it with a lot of inflationary pressures, but also supply bottlenecks and labor shortages. Those would be the real negative things to come out of the overall survey, which is showing an economy that's really expanding at a brisk pace. And I expect that to continue in the weeks and months ahead. Let's focus a little more on that inflation point and perhaps speaking even a bit more broadly about it. What role does, quote, inflation play in all of this from an economist standpoint? When you see that there's tremendous pressure on the inflation gauge, it may be negative, but it may also be accurate. So what is it that causes great concern for someone in your position? Well, you know, Jeff, it's the uh, inflationary pressures. The reason we're seeing that is because of oil prices. On the supply side, you've got this uh, bottlenecks. So the, the supply restrictions, but you've also got the demand, push and demand because of the $1.9 trillion stimulus package that was passed by the Biden administration earlier this year. And that's pushing demand up and supply is down. So that's a price increase. And the Federal Reserve that really keeps an eye on price, that's one of their goals is price stability. Well, when you have inflation like this, as Jay Powell, head of the Federal Reserve, says, well, this is transitory. I promise you, when he goes to bed at night, he crosses his fingers saying, please let it be transitory. And I'm one of those who says, well, I think a good bit of it is transitory, but a lot of it is not. We're going to see higher inflation. The Congress right now and the president, the administration, they're not talking about slowing down spending. They're talking about the Biden administration, a $6 trillion budget for next year. Now, we'll see how much that gets passed. And for context, we had been operating in the neighborhood of $4 trillion annual budgets. Is that right? 
That's right. Now, you kick in the stimulus packages, that pushed it up to six to seven trillion. But normally you'd expect to see a budget of, say, around, as you say, four trillion dollars. And that's a generous budget right there. Federal budget, that is, of course. So this is a strong one. And uh, he's saying pedal to the metal. And Jay Powell's saying, the head of the Federal Reserve, saying, whoa, hold on here. Let's let's because what happens and for your listeners out there, what does it mean to them? Well, it means you may see, you probably will see higher interest rates. The Federal Reserve is going to have to raise interest rates. So that's what we're going to see. Short term, I mean, a term we use in economics, they're monetizing the debt. That means the federal government issues the debt and it's out there being traded. And the Federal Reserve, a quasi-government agency, is buying it. So if nobody else wants to buy it, they're buying it. What that does is that keeps interest rates down. So if they decide, well, I think it's time we quit buying so much, then interest rates will pop up there. And that's what I'm expecting. When we look at the overall regional Mid-America Business Conditions Index number, yes, it was down a bit, but that's from a record high and from a statistical standpoint. Not very much of a slippage. I mean, this was pretty stable for multiple months in a row now. It has been, Jeff. And what we saw, it reached a record low. Now, we're talking about in the 12-month span, 13 months, we've seen a record low. That was in April. And now a record high, as you said, in April of this year. So record low to record high to now back off a little bit, a little bit. But as you're saying, this is indicating that the manufacturing sector is surging in growth, and this is going to spill over into the broader economy in the weeks and months ahead. And that would be true for the nine states, region in America, but also true for the U.S. With regard to Iowa as a subset of the nine-state region, things in Iowa have been very close, but frankly, lately it seems to me they've been lagging behind a bit But now things are, again, on the upswing in Iowa, correct? Absolutely. Jeff, we're talking about two sectors that are very important to this part of the country. That would be agriculture and manufacturing, heavily dependent on exports. And exports now are looking very strong. Agriculture, as all your listeners know, you're talking about agricultural commodity prices that we have not seen since 2012 and 13, where you saw corn prices hovering around $7 a bushel. Now you're seeing that back. Corn, soybean, wheat, uh, pork, livestock, we're going to see rebounding yesterday. Of course, I was cooking out along with every all Americans. It wasn't a uh, vegetable on my grill, I'll tell you that. Now, I apologize to all the vegans out there, but it was a big steak, you know. Hopefully grown right in the Midwest, if it, <laughs> if it was done right. Iowa had this pretty good increase in the index, and and maybe I'm just spending too much time looking at numbers and not trends. So if we were stable as a region and Iowa was on the upswing, does some of this have to do with the fact that so much of Iowa's economy stayed open during the pandemic? We had you know something like 80, 85 percent of our workers were essential workers, the phrase was. Does that skew it just a little bit, the fact that we didn't go down as far, so we didn't have as far to grow? That is some of it. Jeff, and as, as you know, and your listeners know, this part of the country, these schools remained a lot of in-person learning. You didn't have the shutdowns and what I will call, and I teach in a university. Now, it's not the same as K through 12, but we didn't shut down. We were in-person. 
the universities were in person. Now we did have some online and they were online in K through 12. But because of that, fathers and mothers that would in many parts of the nation had to be at home with the kids. Here they're in working. They're able to work because they're in school. I think the lockdowns in retrospect were pretty darn, uh, I can use an economic term, stupid. Uh, so it's just not, wasn't a good decision. Uh, there was better decision making in this part of the country, I will argue. That is a technical economic piece of jargon that everyone <laughs> understood completely. I want to go back for a moment and talk about the supply delays and bottlenecks. You and I have spoken on the radio about the supply chain interruption over the course of time, given the pandemic. And this is not just, oh, yeah, once again this month they're reporting a backlog. You're getting a significant number of people who say they can't get supplies and it is reaching very serious levels for them. What does that bring us to be concerned about in the next six months? Oh, that's a huge issue. You're talking about, for example, because of those, partially because of bottlenecks, you're talking about lumber prices, depending on where you measure them and what month, but you're you're as much as 50%. You're talking about housing, just metal prices, housing, anything connected to commodity markets, all commodities, almost all commodities, except for gold. Gold is not really ramping up significantly. And what that means this is very important for Iowa, I think, well, for the nation because of the bottlenecks. And one of the reasons the bottlenecks, uh, Jeff, is because of getting truckers, trucking. You've got to have more skills than Ernie Goss has to drive a truck, and they're not getting the skills. You don't just get out there and drive an 18-wheeler. They've got to go to the community colleges or wherever and get those skills. They're not there. We're not seeing uh, young men and young women, old men and old women, getting in and getting the training they need to take the jobs that are available. They are available out there. You're talking about job openings to the number of unemployed out of sight right now. You're talking about a lot of openings. Consumers are going to pay more, and those producing are going to have a smaller profit margin. Neither of those things seems like a good idea. Oh, absolutely. And I picked up my salad for lunch today. I did eat a salad after the big steak yesterday. (laughs) And that... The salad, I said, it looks smaller, but it's the same price. It was smaller. In other words, the price increases are going in there whether you like it or not. But Jeff, here's a very important point, I think, at least from an economist standpoint. Why does the Federal Reserve say it's transitory? Why do they say, relax, Ernie, it's okay, Jeff, you and Ernie, relax? It's because they don't want to get it embedded in our thinking, and that's very important. So I'm not saying Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, is lying. I'm saying he's hoping. He's wishing, you know, hoping and wishing. You know, we remember that song, hoping and wishing it, it goes well. And, and he, if it doesn't, if this gets embedded, when, in other words, when you start to expect it, then when you take that job, you're saying, well, I've got to have a little more pay than that. When your yearly pay raise comes around, you're like, 1%? Inflation is running at 3 to 4. i got to have more than that. That's when the cycle really begins. And then the Federal Reserve is behind the eight ball, so to speak. Then they've got to raise rates more quickly, as Paul Volcker did back in the 80s, early 80s. I mean, that big, tall, I don't know if he's a Texan or not, but looked like a Texan. <laughs> he he raised rates, and we had interest rates. Now, we're gonna, not going to see them like that again, but we saw interest rates at 20%. Now, they're not, they're not going to rise to 20%, but we will see higher interest rates. Not like that. 
Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss is the nation's leading authority on the Midwest economy. We spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, June 1st. Still to come, another cyber hack impacting the supply chain. And in our business profile, more signs of recovery in the hospitality industry. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Next Generation Leadership Group, preparing family business members for executive-level responsibilities and ownership. For more, go to the Family Business Center tab at AdvanceIowa.com. Another cyber attack disrupted the global supply chain this past week, affecting Iowans directly. Over last weekend, JBS, the world's largest meatpacker, was hit with a ransomware attack that the FBI says is tied to the Russian entity known as Reville. It affected the JBS North American and Australian operations, but the company's Mexico and UK systems were not impacted. The company said last Wednesday that its global operations were back to what they called near-full capacity. Here in Iowa, most of the company's Ottumwa facilities were up and running by Wednesday afternoon, while the JBS plant in Marshalltown returned to full shift work on Thursday. JBS USA says no customer, supplier, or employee data was compromised or misused, and that its backup servers were not affected. No word if any ransom was paid or if those backup servers were adequate to allow production to resume. Regardless, there was a costly interruption which could affect producers on the input side and consumers on the retail side with the fear of higher prices in addition to the inflation we discussed earlier in this program. The attack was the latest in a number of similar ones that earlier affected a major pipeline based in Texas as well as transportation in the Northeast and Japan's Fujifilm company. The wide variety of entities impacted has led some experts to suspect these individual attacks may actually be trial runs at something broader and more devastating. Regardless, it has brought renewed focus on the fragile nature of the global supply chain, as well as cybersecurity at home and at the office. Coming up, providing top service while training the next generation of workers. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Family Business Center by UNI, featuring a virtual lunch on the subject of family business and board compensation on Thursday, June 17th. For more, go to AdvanceIowa.com and click on the Events tab. The hotel at Kirkwood Center is unique. It's a four-diamond hotel on the south end of Cedar Rapids, but it's also tied to students at Kirkwood Community College. Jackie Bohr is general manager of the hotel at Kirkwood Center. The hotel was built in 2010 and opened as housing the hospitality management program as well as the culinary arts and bakery programs, which are located on the Kirkwood Community College campus in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It is quite a unique situation as we are one of four four diamond hotels in the state of Iowa. And the students who come to the hospitality and the culinary bakery programs 
have the best opportunity because they leave here with a two-year degree and more than 500 hours of on-the-job training in a live Four Diamond facility, which is absolutely unique and really awesome. The other thing that's very particular to our hotel is every single employee of the hotel in their job description is required to be a mentor. So anybody from a housekeeper to the dishwasher to the lead on the culinary line for the restaurant to myself as a general manager and to all leadership within the hotel, we are required to mentor these students as they're progressing um, with their education before they get their degree. Now, the recent Iowa Tourism Conference recognized the accomplishments and the work of the hotel. Tell me about this latest set of achievements that you all are able to boast? Yeah, so we just received Outstanding Lodging for Metro Areas Award for 2021 from the Iowa Tourism Office, and we were so excited to receive that. The nomination was based on several different things, but most importantly, how we support tourism in Iowa and within our community. So we were so excited to receive that award. And obviously, they don't just hand those out. So as you say, there were a number of metrics. And I suppose it's especially gratifying to receive that as things are opening up again post-pandemic. So it makes me curious. It's one thing to have a hotel, a high-level hotel, that cannot have its normal level of guests because of the pandemic. But how did that not only affect your bottom line because you're running a business, but also the curriculum aspect for the students? When COVID kind of came into full force, it was the middle of March. The hotel decided to close down on March 19th due to all of the protocols and all of the unknowns, as well as the campus closed down and and transitioned into online classes only to finish up the spring semester of 2020. The hotel was closed for just shy of three months. So those students were not able to complete their internship hours or their clinical hours within the hotel. However, the leaders of the hotel, as well as the rest of the faculty, were still doing transitioning to online classes and ensuring that these students are getting all the information that they need. The students were given the opportunity to return to complete their clinical hours so they could still leave with all of that intact after we reopened on June 1st. We opened, so typically we run about 80% occupancy. We opened in June and ran 15% occupancy. July was 18%, and then August, we were trending about the same until August 10th when the derecho hit Cedar Rapids. Mm. So just another curveball in the most unprecedented year for all businesses, but more importantly for hospitality and hotels. So we again had to close the hotel for five days after the derecho hit because we had no power and we can't be open without power. Shortly after that, we were able to get our power reestablished, and then we went from 18% occupancy to 100% occupancy from August through October, because then we were housing the essential workers that were doing the storm recovery, so the power and electric people, as well as tree removals, insurance adjusters, those types of things. So the students that were here went from zero to 100 alongside of us as we ramped up and really on top of that had to pay attention to what the COVID protocols were for cleaning, maintaining a safe environment, 
not only for our guests, but for our employees and students as well. So the most curveballs ever thrown in one year in the hospitality industry happened in 2020. And we all learned together. And I think that was most important with our students witnessing this. This isn't, again, something you learn out of a textbook in a classroom. You're living it and you're making those decisions on a daily basis. But it also gives them, and of course you all, transferable skills. We hope to never have another pandemic or another derecho, but there may be certain smaller situations that come up and they'll be able to draw upon the experience as a resource. So here we are now in June of 2021, reopening more and more every day. What do you think the next six months looks like for the hotel at Kirkwood Center? I am very happy to see what the trends are kind of starting to show us over the course of the last probably 45 to 60 days. We have welcomed back some of the business travelers for the local businesses that stay with us for the first time in over 14 months. So it's almost like welcoming family home um, because they know us and we know them and we're happy that they're back. Weddings are a lot more fun and a lot more exciting because we can have more than 50 people. We do not require guests to wear masks as of the most recent CDC updates. However, our employees continue to wear masks just as a protocol and a safety procedure so that our guests are reminded that we take this extremely seriously. But everything is looking up for us for the first time in 14 months and everybody's excited. Jackie Bohr is general manager of the hotel at Kirkwood Center in Cedar Rapids, online at thehotelatkirkwood.com. We spoke via Zoom on Wednesday, June 2nd. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Stitcher, Google, and Apple. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.